Well, good morning, Bridge City Church, Murraysville. How's everybody doing this morning? You doing good? Praise God. Praise God. Listen, every single week, this is how I, I start my teaching, and I'm going to explain a little bit to you, but if I haven't had the opportunity to introduce myself yet, I'm Pastor Nick. I'm the campus pastor of the White Oak Campus of Bridge City Church, and I say this every week. I'll continue to say it. There's no place I'd rather be than here with you all worshiping God and praising his name. And you may say, well, you're saying that about White Oak. No, I'm saying that about Bridge City Church. I don't care where I'm at, White Oak, North Braddock, Brighton Heights, Murraysville, there is no place I would rather be than here with you all praising God and worshiping his name. I'm so excited to be here. I know you all miss Pastor Eric. He's at the White Oak campus right now. He's nine minutes away from starting the second worship experience. And Pastor Rick is in Living Hope in uh, Latrobe. He's out there preaching with Pastor Keith Tusi, the founding pastor of Bridge City Church, and also Joe Warner, who's uh, somebody that has great influence within our church. But they both miss you, and uh, I'm sorry that you have to deal with me today, okay? But I want to set a little ground rules, okay? How many of you like rules? Okay, well, these aren't rules then. They're, they're suggestions. If you've ever heard me preach before, you'll know this, but some of you haven't. I love audience participation. So if I ask a question, that means you answer it. Do you understand? Okay, some of you don't understand because I, I didn't see a yes come out. If I ask a question, I expect an answer. Do you understand? There we go. Now you all get it. Sometimes it takes two times. Sometimes it does. Now listen, the reason that, that I'm here today is because we are part of one church in four locations. And I, I get the pleasure and honor of speaking today. As a matter of fact, the first time I ever preached, ever, was at the Murraysville campus. At the community center. Years ago. I preached there, and then I left to go preach at the White Oak campus. Now, the, the, the connection, I actually had heart palpitations in the front row. I went and let Brett Lachlan know this. The first time I preached, at the time, Pastor Gavin Hassel introduced me, and he preached my entire message before I got up. <laughs> the whole thing. So I got up. I had nothing. I was like, listen, God. We need to, we need to, you need to speak right now, okay? That's not going to happen today. Thank you for not doing that, Riggle, but you did a phenomenal job. But the thing that, that happened that day, the first day I preached, was I just allowed for the word of God that infected my life to be used to speak to others. And I remember after that point, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, God, please, Give me that life's message. I looked at Pastor Rick. I looked at Pastor Keith. And all these guys would always say, this is my life's message. This is my life's message. And I was like, God, I want one of those. I don't want to use theirs. I want my own. And I remember a night just praying to God. And he said, Nick, you're going to be a perspective changer. And I had really no idea the depth of that word. And I started to process it. And I was like, God, what does that mean? And he said, you're going to be used to change the perspective of people of the kingdom of God. Of the word of God. Of who Jesus is. You know, the first week I came to church, it was because of a girl. 
The second week I came to church, it was because of a girl. As a matter of fact, it's Nate's sister who's now my wife. The third week I came to church was because I met Jesus in a real, real way. Now, did things get better? Yes. Did they get easier? No. As a matter of fact, a few weeks after that, I lost my home. My parents lost their home. I was homeless. And I stayed with one of the families who have now become spiritual parents in my life, John and Melanie Cady. And during that time, which seemed like the darkest, lowest point of my life, it was the best part of my life. Because Jesus was doing something. And he did something through Psalms, which is the series we're in today. And the verse that impacted my life and changed my perspective and constantly will change my perspective is Psalm 62.2. For he is my rock, he is my fortress, I will never be shaken. It's my prayer that through this series, through the series that we're completing in, in Psalms, that you would get your verse, that you would get that verse that you're going to hold on to for the rest of your life, that Jesus would speak to you through his word, that you would center your life on the word of God. As a matter of fact, the verse that we've been talking about all throughout this series is Psalm 118.8. To center your life around him it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Listen, you can trust in people, and, and they're going to point you towards Jesus sometimes. Listen, I trusted in John and Melanie Cady, but it was because of what God was doing through them, not who they were. It was who God was in them. So whoever's sitting to the right or to the left of you, they may help you, but it's not because they're just a good person. It's because God is using them. So trust in godly people, but take refuge in the presence of God. That's where you need to live. That word refuge, that's where you live. I want you all to be refugees. I want you to leave church today and you go to wherever you go here in Murraysville after church. What's the Mexican restaurant across the way? Madero's? We have a Mexican restaurant in our parking lot at White Oak. How about that? A little Plaza Azteca. If you come visit, we'll take you there. Riggles buying. <laughs> but when you leave here today, I want you to say, I'm a refugee. People are going to look at you like you're crazy. Where'd you come from? My past, and now I'm in my future, resting in the Lord. That's where I came from. That's where I ran away from. That's where you're a refugee from. But here we go. Here's the audience participation time. You ready? How many of you think that you've already had the worst day of your life? Okay. Some of you have, and you're being honest when you say that. I'm praying you don't have another one. But the way that we get through that, the way that we get past that is the word of God. You know, when we read through the Psalms, and we've challenged every person at Bridge City Church to read two Psalms in one chapter a day, how many of you have been able to do that? Some people in my group are like, I read 10 Psalms today. I was like, what do you remember? They said nothing. So that's because it's all about quantity, not quality. There's a reason we told you to read two. Thank you for the champagne of Pittsburgh, by the way. I've never preached with that before, but I'm going to today. The orange cap, the yellow cap's not good. All right, let's pray. Can we pray? All right.
Father God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for what you're going to do today. I thank you for the perspectives that are going to be changed. I thank you for the hearts of the people of Murraysville. I thank you for Pastor Eric and what he's doing here. Thank you for Pastor Rick and his leadership. And God, I praise you for everything that you are and everything you help us to become. God, we submit to you right now. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a lot of people that raised their hand that said they already had the worst day of their life. And one of the things that is so powerful through that process is you recognize that you can't focus on the uncertainty. You can't focus on the problem. You need to focus on what's clear. And if your perspective has been changed and your perspective is a kingdom perspective, you focus on the word of God in times of uncertainty. That's where you focus. That's where you run to. That's how you get over it. Now, that may seem harsh. Just get over it. But that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you use the word of God to get over it? How do you do that? And we believe that there's, there's four ways that we use the word of God and who he is to get over things. And number one is that you have an open dialogue with God. What does that mean? You talk with him. You're honest with him. Whatever you're trying to hide, it's not working. He knows. He knows everything about you, so why not talk to him about it? Don't stretch the truth with God. Be honest with him. You may be, well, I'm really angry. God loves it when you're angry and you let it out towards him in a safe place. Read the Psalms. God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Where are you? Where are you, God? God, I love you. I will do everything for you the rest of my life. It's totally up and down. But do you have to have an open dialogue with God? Don't make him try to guess. He doesn't need to. Speak with him. You have something in your life that you need to get over? Give it to God. What's the second thing? You need to verify and clarify. What are you feeling? What's going on? What is God trying to show you? One of the worst questions that you could ask God is, God, why are you letting this happen? Why in the world are you letting my marriage fall apart? Why in the world are you letting my children stray from you? Why in the world does my bank account look the way that it does? Why in the world are these things happening at this school? Why in the world is my employer the way that they are? God, why are you letting this happen and fill in the blank? That's a horrible question to ask God. The best question you can ask him is, God, what are you trying to show me and your church through this? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to reveal to me? What part of my perspective are you trying to change? And then you receive that truth from him, and you need to emphasize it. It needs to become what you speak, what you live for, what comes out. You have an emphasize, emphasize, 
let's just make up a word. Emphasization. Google it. It's real. Emphasization. Seriously, let every, everybody text Pastor Eric and Pastor Rick right now. Hey, Pastor Nick just made up a word. I don't know if it works, but it's emphasization. And then, once the truth is what's flowing out of you, that is the moment where you need to stop looking at your here and now and start looking towards the future and refocus it on the future. There's a reason I wore this, the One Vision Campaign shirt today. Just a few weeks ago, we gave as the church. We made our commitment, and we were so focused on the future. But I, I believe that a lot of people already stopped looking towards the future, and they're just like, oh, you know, I'll complete my pledge. I'll complete my commitment. But the future is bright. I remember when Murraysville launched. I remember the community center you all broke down every single week. I remember the trailers that were packed. I remember the transmissions that were blown. Those people did that because they were focused on the future. They were focused on all of you. If you were part of the launch team of Murraysville, stand on your feet for me. If you were part of the original 49, They did that because of you all. They were focused on the future. And now it's our turn to look towards the future. What else God has for us? This is not our final resting place. This is not our final home for Bridge City Church Murraysville. And it's definitely not our final resting place as humans. Hopefully you know where you're going. If not, we're going to talk about that later. But the psalm that we're going to focus on today is Psalm 102. Twenty-eight verses. You know, and I, I struggle with back and forth if I was going to do this or not, but but I'm going to, and I'm unapologetically going to do it. I believe there's power when the word of God is spoken aloud over you. I believe God uses those moments. So I'm going to read all 28 verses of Psalm 102. And you could read along with me. It doesn't have to come up on the, on the PowerPoint. You could leave it right where it's at. You could open your Bible or your phone and read with me, or you could bow your head, close your eyes, and try to remove the distractions around you. That's right. I called that person sitting next to you a distraction. It's okay. But let's read the Word of God. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down and listen and answer me quickly when I call to you. For my days disappear like smoke and my bones burn like hot coals. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I have lost my appetite. Because of my groaning, I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like an owl in the desert, like my little owl in a far-off wilderness. I lie awake, lonely, as a solitary bird on the roof. My enemies taunt me day after day. They mock and curse me. I eat ashes for food. My tears run down into my drink because of your anger and wrath, for you have picked me up and thrown me out. 
My life passes as swiftly as the evening shadows. I am withering away like grass, but you, O Lord, will sit on your throne forever. Your fame will endure in every generation. You will arise and have mercy on Jerusalem, and now is the time to pity her. Now is the time you promised to help, for your people love every stone in her walls and cherish even the dust in her streets. Then the nations will lie awake and tremble before the Lord. The kings of the earth will tremble before his glory, for the Lord will rebuild Jerusalem. He will repair in his glory And he will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. Let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. Tell them that the Lord looked down from his heavenly sanctuary. He looked down to the earth from heaven to hear the groans of the prisoners, to release those condemned to die. And so the Lord's fame will be celebrated in Zion, his praises in Jerusalem. When multitudes gather together and kingdoms come to worship the Lord, he broke my strength in midlife, cutting my days short. But I cried to him, oh my God who lives forever, don't take my life while I am so young. Long ago you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens in your hands. They will perish but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them, but you are always the same. You will live forever. The children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are and who we are because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go back into Psalm 102. We read it. Now let's break it down. What does it look like to have an open dialogue with God? We see it in verses one and two. Lord, hear my prayer. You know, it pains me to say this, but I believe that so many people haven't even got to that point where they cry out to God. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. So many times we don't even get to that point where we have that open dialogue with God because we're just sitting back and saying, God, where are you? When he's sitting in heaven saying, where are you? I only see you for an hour and 15 minutes on Sundays in Murraysville. Where are you? The psalmist has such an open dialogue here. He said, don't turn away from me in my time of distress. Bend down to listen and answer me quickly when I call. You know, there are people in my life that I pick up the phone no matter what. No matter what, I pick up the phone. There's no sending them the voicemail. There's no, oh, I'll make a note to call them back later. I pick up the phone. I want each of us to have that relationship with God. And he wants you to start it. His phone service is legit. You think 5G's good? He's all G. Every bit of them. Just OG. <laughs> Original God. Only God. 
some of the murders of people. What does OG really mean? John and Melanie and Brett and Janet, they're OG. They're original gangsters here. So the psalmist is now going to verify and clarify what's going on. In verses 3 through 7, for my days disappear like smoke and my bones burn like red hot coals. Sounds exciting. Sounds real great. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I've lost my appetite. You know you're in a bad place when you won't even eat. I've only been there a few times in my life, and everybody around me was like, are you, are you okay? You're not eating. Nobody's ever said I look like skin and bones, but they're like, you're not, you're not eating. You ever been so hungry you, you don't know what to eat? Every Sunday it happens. Every single Sunday. I'm so indecisive. I'm reduced to skin and bones. I am like an owl in the desert, like a little owl in a far-off wilderness. I lie awake, lonely, as a solitary bird on the roof. You know, birds really represent evil. I learned that as a young kid. We had a bird trying to get into our house, and my mom was shook. I was like, why do you care? She's like, that means somebody's going to die. Okay, it's just a bird, Mom. She's very Catholic. I'm not going to. You have to verify and clarify with God what's going on in your life. Be open and honest with him. Open dialogue and verify and clarify. Hey, listen, my bones hurt. They're like red hot coals. What I'm going through right now is causing me not to eat. I feel lonely. I feel upset. I love the ushers right now. They're turning the air conditioning on. Listen, I sweat thinking about sweating. It's not about temperature. It's just the Holy Spirit fire that comes down. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I sweat no matter what. I could be outside exactly how God made me. You know, you catch what I'm throwing? Okay, birthday suit, still hot. Doesn't matter. This is how God made me. I am who I am, and I won't apologize for it. He's continuing to verify and clarify. My enemies taunt me day after day. You know, you have enemies taunting you, not in an audible way, but there's things going on in your life that's always in a filter in your head that it's going through. Always. I eat ashes for food. I don't think any of you have ever done that on purpose. His tears run down into his drink because of the anger and wrath that he's feeling. Sometimes we just need to be really open and honest with God and verify and clarify with him what's going on. I don't know what's going on in your life. Some of you I do. But I do know this. Wherever you are currently is not where God wants you to stay. He wants you to move forward. And that's for everybody. Whether or not you're, you're struggling with something or whether or not you're doing great, he wants you to continue to become like Jesus every single day of your life. So now the psalmist is the point. This is the point that changes everything. It's his but God moment. But you, O oh Lord. He starts to emphasize 
the truth. But you, O Lord. Yes, all this stuff is happening. My bones are burning like red hot coals. I'm eating ashes. I haven't eaten anything else. I'm skin and bones. I'm withering away because of the things that are going on in my life. But God. And you need to have a but God moment. If you're going through something right now, I want you to say, but God, after you explain what you're going through. I'm going through this sickness or disease, but God. I'm going through this financial turmoil in my life, but God. I'm going through this in my marriage, but God. I'm going through this in my workplace, but God. If you change your perspective to everything that's happening in your life is connected to, but God got this, but God is with me, but God will not forsake me, and he will not leave me, forget me, none of it. I was getting ready to yell and say I'm preaching way better than you're responding, but listen, that but God moment will change everything in your life. And I'm not giving you like this get rich scheme. I'm telling you the truth from the word of God, but God, oh Lord, you will sit on your throne forever. What does that mean? He's not going to change. He's not going anywhere. He will not leave you. No matter what, the psalmist had this moment and things started to shift. When he started to emphasize the truth over his life, things started to change. Now, I don't think necessarily his circumstances changed right away, but his perspective did. And your perspective is way more important than your circumstance. If you give the circumstance all this weight in your life, your perspective is going to be skewed. Let's keep going. He emphasizes the truth in verse 15. Then the nations will tremble before the Lord. The kings of the earth will tremble before his glory. For the Lord will rebuild Jerusalem. He will appear in his glory. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. You know what's so amazing to me? How angry the church got about an election. I'm going to say it. You know what one of the best things to happen to the church in the last few years was? President Joe Biden getting elected. You know why? Because when the church is persecuted or feels pressure, it gets stronger. You know there's more people attending church now than, than our last administration? Church numbers are up. Not because of the administration, but because of Jesus' church saying, I want to get stronger. We want to be used by God for God and what God designed us to do. When we emphasize the truth, when we trust in God fully, we're not just changed. The people around us are changed. And then the people around us change the community around us. And then the community around us changes a city. I'm not just believing for Murraysville, White Oak, Brighton Heights, and North Braddock. I'm believing for Pittsburgh. I'm believing for the surrounding areas. I'm believing for the state of Pennsylvania to be changed because of what God is doing through you all at Bridge City Church. And it can happen when we emphasize the truth.
But you, O Lord, will sit on your throne forever. Your fame will endure every generation. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. Verse 12 and verse 17. Those are your two. You need a but God moment, and you need to know that he's going to listen to you all the days of your life, no matter what. Now let's focus on the future because that's what the psalmist did. Let this be recorded for future generations so the people not yet born will praise the Lord. My son's going to be four years old in February. His name's Lennon. Lennon James Stepanovic. He was born February 20th, 2018. My spiritual grandmother, actually, my spiritual great-grandma, her name's Sally Paladin. Sally's getting older. She's 89 years old. She prayed for Lennon before Lennon existed. She claimed him. Sally was sick. She wasn't feeling well, but Rachel and I had a, had a baby shower after Lennon was born. Sally came in with her walker up the elevator. She talked to no one. She was so focused on just getting in. I said, Sally, what are you doing here? You should be at home. She said, I came to pray over Lennon. That's all I wanted to do. She held him in her arms, weak. And she spoke a word over him. She prayed Luke 2.52. May he continue to grow in wisdom and knowledge and stature before man and God. She was focused on the future. You know, Lennon is four years old. He'll, he'll grow up. He won't really get to know Sally because Sally's going to be in heaven with Jesus. But I'm going to tell, tell him the stories of how focused people were on him. How the generation that went before him prayed for him, believed for him, spoke life over him. Church, we need to be focused not on our here and now, but the future. And you may think, how in the world can I do that? How in the world can I possibly change the future affects somebody else's eternity. As a matter of fact, you have an invite on your seat. You want to focus on the future? Invite somebody to church at the candlelight worship experience. It's real simple. That card is you focusing on the future. Because the future is outside these walls. It's not in here. But God, you were always the same. You will live forever. The children of your people will live in security. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. There are things you're doing right now that I believe Lenin's kids are going to reap the reward of. Psalm 30, verse 11. I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, not because I believe it does anything other than remove the distractions over you. 
Psalm 30, verse 11 says that you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with goodness. You know, I truly believe that there are people in here right now that that you're mourning. Not necessarily because of the physical loss of a loved one, maybe, but you're mourning because you thought things would be differently in, in your life. You thought by now, oh, I should have it figured out. Or by now, that that thing that's been holding me down would be gone. Or by now, I thought that this would be different or that would be different. I believe there are people in here right now that you're stuck in mourning. You're stuck being dressed in death clothes. And the way that that mourning gets turned into joy, the way that that mourning gets turned into gladness is by you having a moment at the cross. So I'm speaking to a very specific group of people right now. If you don't have a day, a time, a place where you've given your life to Jesus, that means that you've openly declared with your mouth and you've received in your heart that he is Lord. You, w- you haven't been saved yet? And you may say, what's saved from what? Yourself. Save from your own stinking thinking. If you've never had that moment, I want today to be your day. December 5th, 2021 at 11.60 a.m. 11.60. Sounds like I'm show. 11.06 a.m. in Murraysville, Pennsylvania. And I'm not just going to ask you to say a little prayer at your seat. I want you to be bold because Jesus was bold. I want you to get uncomfortable because Jesus got uncomfortable. And all I'm asking you to do is the bravest thing you've ever done in your life, and that's slip your hand to heaven and say, God, that's me. I need you. I need to repent of my past, receive your forgiveness, and ask you to lead me into my future. Anyone at all today, you want to do that for the first time. Amen. I see that hand. Anyone at all today, maybe you received that gift once before, but you've tried to run away from it and you want to come back home. Just slip your hand to heaven and say, God, that's me. I need to rededicate my life to you this morning. Father God, we thank you so much that you turn our mourning into dancing. Lord, I pray that you will give every single one of us the perspective that we need, and that is that we fight from a place of victory. We don't fight for it. And God, I pray that each of us would remember that the way we fight is by reading the word of God, worshiping him, and spending time in prayer. We don't fight through verbal altercations. We don't fight with our fists. We fight with your word. We fight on our knees in prayer. We fight with our hands raised in complete abandonment to you. 
Lord, we praise you for everything that you've done and you're doing. And God, I pray that each and every person that can hear my voice today, whether it's here in person or they're listening to the recording online, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just be hearers of this word, but we would go and do it. That we would have an open dialogue with you. That we would verify and clarify what's going on in our lives with you. God, that we would emphasize the truth. And Lord, that we would be able to focus fully on the future, not just the here and now. In Jesus' glorious name. And everybody said, amen.